and welcome back to Top of the Cage. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. <laughs> Boom, baby. I'm laughing because it's just delayed. My, my fault. Missed the cue. Missed the cue. That's fine. That's Missed the fine. cue real bad, like minutes late. We're a little starstruck around here today because today we had the opportunity to talk to one of the biggest guests we've ever had the opportunity to, and we would like to thank Impact Wrestling for giving us the chance to talk to Josh Alexander, the current Impact World Champion. Yeah, we want to thank uh, Impact, thank Ross Foreman, the head of uh, media that we're emailing with, and of course, thank Josh Alexander, and thank Jordan Grace for um, give, <laughs> handing off to Josh because they accidentally uh, put us on with her first, which would have been a great interview too. Love Jordan. Yeah, so uh, I can't wait for people to hear this one. Uh, it is quick, but uh, he's a great dude. I did enjoy do- talking to him, and he's one of my favorite champions to watch. Uh, his style reminds me a lot of Kurt Angle. He's one of my all-time favorites. So, uh, yeah, here's the interview with Josh Alexander, the Impact World Champion, the walking weapon himself. All right, welcome Top of the Cage listeners. I am Juice, joined by my co-host Bill, as always, and we got interview interview for you, a special one, the walking weapon himself, Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander. Welcome, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. No problem. So uh, we'll just jump right into it. And uh, first question is related to Slamversary. Now, you had quite the entrance. You came out with your son. How excited was he? What was his reaction when you told him? I didn't tell him. Uh, he, he just comes to expect that he is coming out with me at all times. Uh, he's only ever done it twice. He did it once at a Canadian Indie in the wintertime. And like my son always wears a singlet. He, he thinks he's a professional wrestler right now. He thinks he's the world champion right now. He is ready for a match at any time. We go to Walmart. He's wearing that singlet under his clothes like Superman. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like this is, he's completely obsessed. So he was at this indie show with me and my music hit and he looked up at me wearing his headgear and his singlet. And he just like looked back at the instrument, looked at me and I went, you want to go give it a shot? And he went out and he like, without training, without any forethought, he just hit my entrance perfectly did the faces, grabbed the headgear and the crowd went insane. And I think, you know, it kind of went to his head because <laughs> when it came time to doing it live on pay-per-view at Rebellion in front of, you know, all those fans in attendance and people around the world, he, uh, he knocked it out of the park again. And for me as a father, like to be able to share this thing, this pro wrestling thing that I'm in love with and obsessed with, and you know, there's my job with my son and share that passion with him. I'm, I'm just so fortunate. I, I gave him a memory that like not my fathers can give their sons. Right. So it's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool to see. I mean, even just with your whole family in general, seeing you guys celebrate the world title win, seeing you guys just have all the success and see the dreams come true. I mean, I'm sure for you as a performer, that's awesome. It definitely makes it easier, man. Like back in the day, you hear all these horror stories of like people keeping their family separate from their work and all this other stuff. Me, you know, my wife is in the business as well. She's been in it longer than me. So being able to share all that stuff in my family, it just makes everything so much easier. 
And keeping on the topic of Slammiversary, uh, that was the 20th anniversary of Impact. And uh, you have been quite the staple within Impact for quite a while. Uh, what are some of your favorite moments from your Impact career? I mean, um, I'm in the history books as one half of the longest reading tag teams in company history. Uh, that, that, that's a cool bucket list thing that I couldn't have ever imagined would happen. The X Division title run again. I never lost that title. Cash in option C. Had some amazing matches with guys like Jake Something and TJP that I would never forget. I think, honestly, that that Ironman I had with TJP uh, is like the catalyst and jumping off point for why I am where I am today. All the success I've had is due in no small part because of him and the matches we had. And then, you know, this whole run since Bound for Glory, like I, I never thought I'd have a match with Christian, let alone a main event of a pay-per-view. It, like wrestling Jonah, that was one of my favorite matches of all time. I don't want to leave anyone out, but like I, I will remember that match with Moose at Rebellion because I think it exceeded all expectations from either one of us. And it was just like the perfect like cherry on top of that entire story. And I couldn't imagine going any better. And you know, the 20 year anniversary of Slammiversary is pretty sweet too. I got to tip my cap at, you know, the history of the past 20 years by throwing in some uh, little Easter eggs there for all the real fans that would understand it. And, uh, that that was the best to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, it was a it was a beautiful match, and I'm I'm surprised that the jet thing was not rehearsed. I thought that was like planned, and that was cool. I was on the spot. I noticed all the little spots you guys did. That the whole show was awesome with the video packages and everything. Like the 20th anniversary was really a special show, and it was a special main event with you and Eric Young facing off for the first time ever. He's like Impact original. Was it like being in the ring with him for the first time in a singles match? Uh, well, like I've, I heard about Eric Young because he came from the same independent scene that I came from, but he left right before I started wrestling. So all you ever heard about was the legend of Eric Young and how he was the best wrestler from Canada and all this other stuff. And, you know, clearly I saw that throughout his entire career and run and impact wrestling and NXT and everywhere else. Like that guy can do it all. He can make you laugh. He can make you cry. He can make you scared. And the one constant with him is that whoever he's ever in the ring with, he would always deliver. So I knew that we were going to have good chemistry. I knew that we both wanted to steal the show. And, you know, uh, you know, Eric, is uh, he said it himself. Like, I, I think he considers us to be very alike. Uh, even though we took two separate paths to get where we were going, we converged to anniversary, And, uh, yeah, we, we demanded the most of each other. Uh, anytime we can step up the ring, it'll be a pleasure. So going from... Slammiversary to the next big event. I mean, we still a little ways away from uh, Bound for Glory, but the road has begun. And last year, that's when you got your first win, but sadly, it was pretty short. A call your shot gauntlet is a yearly thing. What do you think you got to do to prevent something from like last year happening again? Uh, well, I think I've uh, I've learned my lesson. I've grown some eyes in the back of my head. Uh, as they say at Impact Wrestling, you have that world championship, you're the king of the mountain, and uh, everybody's trying to knock me off the mountaintop at all times. And, uh, VDD, like the entirety of that entire stable, Eli, Joe Dory, and Cody Beer, there were no slouch over the last few weeks for me to, you know, conquer and get past, and now it's on to the next one. I don't, I honestly don't know who's coming for me next, but I know somebody is because everybody wants that championship. Do you have somebody that you think might be the biggest threat to your world title right now? Uh... Yes, uh, I would say like the person that I can think of off the top of my head that's been gaining the most momentum over the past couple of years. Somebody who has probably the biggest chip on his shoulder in that entire locker room is uh, a guy named Steve Macklin. <laughs> you know, tag him and bag him. I, I've been seeing what he's doing. I've obviously keep my eye on him. And that's just because like 
that chip on your shoulder is something I can relate to. I came in Impact Wrestling after 14 years of pro wrestling, knowing what I was capable of and ready to show the world. And I, I think Steve Macklin's much in the same, even though he started his career in WWE, like he was never given the rightful opportunity that he thought he deserved. And now he's making the best of it. And he's going to show, prove everybody, including them wrong. So a couple months ago, you faced uh, Ishii at Under Siege. What are some other wrestlers like Ishii from other promotions you'd like to defend the Impact World Championship against? I mean, I, I would welcome any and all, to be honest. Uh, as a champion, you know, you can't turn down anything. And, like, the whole good thing about the Forbidden Door thing is giving the fans the dream matches that they crave and want. I think it's good for business for these cross-branded matches to happen. Personally, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of New Japan for the past decade. That's one of the stuff I've watched the most. Ishii was one of the bucket list matches, very few bucket list matches that I had that were even possible to happen. I'm so glad it did. And, uh, I would say Shingo Takagi and Okada are the two other ones that I would just, I would welcome the chance to step foot in the ring with them. So one thing I'm noticing is that, I mean, you can tell just watching the ring, but all the people that you keep mentioning that like Steve Macklin, Ishii, Takagi, these are all hard hidden bruisers. Just what attracts you that style so much that you love being in the ring with these brawlers, these hard-hitting guys? Uh, I don't know if it's when I say uh, I'm a fan of them and like I'd welcome the match. It's because I'm just a fan of them. I don't know if I'd, I want to get in the ring with them because they're such hard hitters and brawlers, to be honest. But uh, you know, when I watch Shingo or any of these guys work, it's just they bring this intensity that reminds me of the people that inspired me to become a wrestler the people that i've tried to emulate over the years that bring that intensity in my own work like the kurt angles and the Eddie guerreros and the bret hearts and all these people that legitimized and made it look like a competition the entire time i i think those guys do that much in the same that's why i'm a fan of them and, you know i'd welcome the chance to get in the ring with them i think just from your in-ring work it's definitely you can tell a lot of those guys are influences on your style as well i mean i mean how like I feel like impact right now is on top of the game in terms of in-ring work, in terms of storytelling. And I mean, your story is just a prime example of that. Yeah. There's a certain amount of patience that's involved in like building a story properly. And I, I think like a lot of fans need that immediate gratification. Their attention spans are that much smaller. And that's why you have titles changing hands left and right all over the place these days on different programs and pro wrestling and that. Uh, the one thing that Impact really did with like my whole storyline, especially from Bound for Glory to Rebellion, was you know it was a slow burn. They were letting people get to know me better, so that that payoff is that much sweeter. And, you know, they criticized it when it happened at Bound for Glory, but like I knew what was going to happen eventually. Be it you know at Rebellion or Slammiversary, we didn't know at the time. But when it all paid off at Rebellion, like it, it was tenfold the reaction that I got at Bound for Glory. Another thing I'd, I like to talk about just impact in general is impact has some of the most unique rules like option C and matches just in general. And like, you know, like King of the Mountain and uh, uh Kali shot gauntlet and just so many reverse battle Royal. Uh, what, what do you think is the best, most interesting concept? <laughs> I think the most revolutionary thing that's been invented in wrestling in the past, like probably 30 years is the ultimate X match. Uh, when I was like 15, 16, I saw the first one, it, it wowed me. I, I was blown away with the possibilities that you could do just by hanging these two ropes across the top like of, of a ring structure and seeing the creativity that can go into that. Because I've seen, I've seen 150 ladder matches. I've seen countless cage matches. I, I think like 
the ability to innovate within those matches has pretty much been picked dry, but the ultimate X match is something fresh enough to where, you know, the creativity can come in and you can see something you've never seen before. I know we just got uh, through the 20th anniversary of impact. Uh, what is some of your favorite matches from ultimate X ultimate X specifically? Uh, oof. I don't know. I, I think I have a tough time remembering who was in which ones. I think it was Saban PD and AJ styles were the first one that one sticks out, but like, I remember them for the wrong reasons. Like, <laughs> I, I uh, like I obviously like the matches. They're all like very entertaining and awesome. But like, I, I remember the belt falling down a bunch of times in the first few. Oh, Michael Shane was in that one. But uh, like stuff like that. Like it, it was like ironing out the kinks in the early days. And it was wasn't anything that I wanted to criticize or anything. It was just something that sticks out in my mind. So uh, I remember it made it like memorable for the wrong reasons. I, I also enjoyed the one with Samoa Joe where he couldn't climb the structure. That was the story of it. Now, we talked about Ultimate X, which is one of their biggest successes, even with the belts falling down a bunch of times. When I was listing off the matches, it kind of giggled at uh, the reverse power oil. What's your take on the reverse power oil and just the goofiness of that match? I think you summed it up with that word. You said goofiness. and uh, You know, it, it is a goofy concept. And, uh, you know, when they brought it back for the 20th anniversary, uh, for some reason... When it was initially brought back, everybody thought it was like a serious thing. Like, you know, they were bringing it back. But honestly, management just wanted to, you know, say like, this is a part of our 20 year history, good, bad or whatever. It'll be entertaining. We just want to, you know, put a little levity into this into our pre-show and bring back the reverse battle royal. It's uh, it's not a match that I would like to be in. I'll just say it like that. <laughs> what, you don't want to have one where you defend the world title in it? Are you, are you afraid of it or something? Uh, I'm terrified of... Uh, <laughs> a reverse battle royal i just uh i don't want to i don't want to be in a match that i'd never want to watch back (laughs) it is just so confusing to watch and just so goofy first time i saw one i was like what am i watching what's happening i'm just laughing the whole time that i missed several spots (laughs) well like you when you watch it i remember i remember i watched the first one because i I remember rikishi was in it and mikey bats and all these people but like I remember initially watching it being like, so wait, what did they have to do? They have to fight on the outside and then fight their way into the ring. And then this, like what, what happens? And like, you're just like, you're left even as a fan watching it, trying to figure out the rules going, who thought about this and why, why was this a good idea? And that's never a good thing. So. So going back to um, just possible contenders for your title. Now, one thing that impact does really well is there's not really barriers between the divisions between uh, men and women. And we've seen like Jordan Grace recently hold the digital media championship and have matches with like Cardona and stuff. Who are some people in the women's division that you think could step up to your title and give you a good match and a, you know, run for your money? Uh, I, I don't think Jordan Grace would be any slouch. Uh, you know, she's a knockouts champion for a reason. I think Deanna Parazzo is technically proficient enough to wrestle somebody bigger or stronger than her and, you know, give them a run for their money for sure. And uh, a new one is Giselle Shaw. She just recently joined the, uh, the roster not too long ago, and I've been really impressed with what she can do. And uh, I, would, I would welcome intergender matches in any of those three for sure. We would be looking forward to it. I can tell you that much. Yeah, it's just like a different a different thing. I've been able to do some over the indies over the years, and it's just it offers something different. And anything in pro wrestling can be done right if you approach it the uh, the proper way. So I don't think anything's off the table. 
Well, one of the things done right in pro wrestling is definitely you, my friend, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. And typically we like to give the last minute or two with our episode to uh, have our guests plug and promote anything they have going on. Obviously you are the world champion of impact. So I'm sure you have plenty going on. Oh yeah. Right now this, this whole media tour that I'm on, the reason I'm talking to you guys is to promote Derby city rumble, which is next week, July 15th and 16th, downtown Louisville, the Paris town center. Uh, it is my return to Louisville after, you know, making my uh, surprise return at the end of sacrifice in March and announcing that I signed a multi-year contract and announcing that I had another contract setting up the main event of rebellion where I won this world championship. And the fans were so good to me that, uh, you know, I'm excited to come back for Derby City Rumble next week and uh, bring that world championship with me and, you know, repay the fans with uh, some stuff I can do in the ring. And the, the special thing that just got announced last night was that Kushida, from New Japan Pro Wrestling and, uh, you know, most recently NXT, he will be in the building for both nights of television taping. So if you want to see Kashida live, this is a good way to do it. For sure. We are definitely excited for that. All right. Well, thank you, Josh. We appreciate your time today and we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. So that was uh, Josh Alexander. They're doing media tour promoting Derby City Rumble, which is their next live tapings in Louisville next Friday and Saturday. And we're going to see the debut, impact debut of, well, yeah, the impact return debut. I think debut, right? I don't know. I, I feel like he's might have been in impact. I don't know. Uh, Kushida is going to be a Derby City, Derby City Rumble, which is awesome. I think it's going to be first like TV appearance since um, his NXT like release. He's phenomenal. I'm really curious to see who he faces. Um, I'd love to see him and Mike Bailey, but also him and uh, Josh would be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So uh, Josh, thank you for the interview again. It was really cool to find out that the Jet intro and Slamversary was not rehearsed. That was not planned. That was just Jet wanted to come out there. And uh, it was really cute and adorable. Just awesome moment. And um it made sense in the feud too, since like a big part was Moose cashing in with Josh's family there and this whole build, six months build between them and really big emphasis on family and Jet. So I think Jet definitely had to be out there for the intro and it was an awesome moment. One of my favorite moments um, of the year so far in wrestling in general. Yeah, it was really great to be able to talk to Josh. I mean, you could tell that he just came across as a genuine, just, you know, happy guy loved being able to represent impact and loved being able to have his family out there with him. I also thought it's really funny that Jet just wears the singlet around, wants to take people down in Walmart. I'm sure he has a mean single leg. I'm sure he could take me down with a single leg. Yeah. You know, it's a dream match now. And uh, in, in like 10 and like 20 years, not like 15 years, Jet versus uh, Brody Lee Jr. <laughs> Jet versus negative one. I don't know who take that one. I don't know, man. I mean, Negative one's ruthless. He can, uh, he's got a whole army behind him. But Jet, Jet's ready to fight wherever, dude. Jet's got that tenacity. <laughs> it's ready to go. And I know uh, one thing you mentioned, Juice, uh, in our outro here was uh, the return of Kushida. Um, that's definitely really cool. Personally, I thought that there was a lot more for him within the world of NXT. But uh, I think it's cool to see him in Impact. Do you think it's going to be a mainstay or do you think it's going to be a one-off? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Impact is this thing where they don't officially sign you to contracts, but you'll appear on multiple shows. Like Ishii wasn't just that one under siege match. He, he showed up a few times. 
And I think it'll be like that. I don't, I don't think he's going to sign a contract or anything with them, but I do think he'll be like on one pay-per-view or impact special uh, event, PLL. Um, and then I think he'll be on like four or five episodes of impact. And I'm excited. Cause I think there's a lot of guys that like, I already mentioned too, like Josh and Mike that he'd really mix, especially Mike, like Mike Bailey is one of my favorite guys to watch the ring right now. And he's their X division champ. And I think an X division match between those two, that's must watch. Like if I don't have access TV anymore, so I have to watch impact. I have to stream. <laughs> so I'd stream for that. And if it was a, premium live event i'm definitely ordering that and they're pretty cheap they're usually ten dollars except the big four are forty dollars but all the other ones like um like against all odds and under siege those are usually like 10 15 bucks and i'd pay ten dollars or fifteen dollars just to see that match that's just money and then there's so many like dream matches for kushida there like kushida and steve macklin i think that bank steve macklin i'm glad that josh brought him up steve macklin is on the best run of his career. Like he's so impressive in impact. Like that's honestly like if, if there's a person that I'd pick to take the title off Josh, eventually give him a nice long reign. I'm, I'm going to Steve. I think he's more than earned it. His character works been on point. He's, I think he's pretty good in forgotten sons, but like he never wowed me in the ring. He's wowing me in the ring and impact. Like, he is on a run, dude. He's got so much momentum. He's putting out just bangers after bangers. Like, the dude is so good. But we're on Kushida. So, Kushida versus Macklin. <laughs> well, we can give Macklin his props, too. I mean, he did get called out by the world champ, somebody that could be a big threat to him. So, he's got notice. The big fish are noticing. And one last little thing we want to talk about in the outro here, uh, something that happened recently to this recording. On the last episode of AEW Dynamite, we have a new TNT champion. And for me, I love it. Uh, I love Scorpio. Don't get me wrong. I think that his reign was a little short. I'm kind of surprised that the Wardlow train ran through him so quickly. But quickly in the sense of how short the title reign was, not the actual match itself. But I don't know. I, I, I'm happy with it. I love my boy Wardlow being dripped out in gold. I saw a picture backstage of him and FTR, seven star FTR, taking a, their photo shoots together with their titles. So that makes my little heart happy. Yeah, that was cool. And um, uh, Wardlow deserves a title and all, but I just wish there was a little bit more build to the match. And I wish there was, I mean, there was build to the match. I, I, I think I just wish there was a longer, like, just time of Scorpio as champ and maybe a couple more title defenses because I think Scorpio, it's weird. He just had two title reigns. I still don't think he was on TV enough. Like, he's pretty entertaining. Like, let him talk. Let him, let him do shenanigans. And also, he's buddies with Ethan Page, and I love Ethan Page. I mean, we just had Ethan Page's former tag team partner of the North. It also matched shorter than I thought it would be. But they had a lot in the episode and another title match to get to. So it makes sense. But um, yeah, I'm happy for Orlo. But when he won it, I was just like, I don't know how to react. I kind of wanted Scorpio to have a little bit more of a run. And also, I feel the TNT title is kind of being mishandled. Like, it's kind of just handing off, like, what Josh said in an interview, which said that um, instant gratification and people just and titles changing hands so quickly. And this is a title that is tragically just part of that and 
and I remember Tony said that this title would be treated as equal to the world title. It's not, it's not even close. Like it's probably in my eyes, like at this point, I'll be honest. I think it's like a step above the 24 seven title. <laughs> it's kind of a joke to me. Like, it's just like, here's a, here's a part, here's a, just uh, something to reward you. Cause the fans like you, but like, it really doesn't mean anything. I hope Wardlow, someone that's really big in the company, put a lot of time in can change that. And I do think he can. And I think I think he will. I think he will do it and make it relevant again and feel important once again. But it hasn't recently. It just keeps changing hands and feels like like when the fans want someone to get a belt but they can't get the world title belt, Tony gives them this belt. I think that's a fair take. I definitely don't think it's on the same level as the world championship. I don't think it's a step, a literal single step above the 24-7 title. <laughs> but I think it's comparable to something like the Intercontinental and U.S. title at this point. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that, but I feel like even though the Intercontinental title hasn't had a match on a pay-per-view or premium live event since, like, WrestleMania 37, it still feels more important with Gunter with it. And the United States title also feels more important at this well, point. Well, you, you have to admit, with Wardlow being TNT champion, that makes it feel relatively important. Guy's on the run of his career. He's a monster. He's unbeatable. I mean, like, like I said, like it's a good person to have it to make it relevant again. I think 100% will, and it will surpass the other, the United States and Intercontinental once again. And when I said one step, that wasn't fair. One step above a 24-7. More like, like eight steps. Like you can see it. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the staircase. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Juice. Well, after your hot take with that, um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that want to tell us on social media how they feel. And we are on social media. So where can the people find us? Yeah. I mean, if you want to roast me, Twitter is capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Instagram, it's the same, T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-D, it's lowercase. And then, you know, that that's our social media plug with Juice Cannon. Juice Cannon the plug. And as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, thank you to Josh Alexander and all of those involved at the Impact Media team for getting us this interview. It was a lot of fun, and we hope to have more Impact talent for you in the future. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you do not give us a five-star review, that means that you, specifically you, that person not giving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. 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 And again, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time.